A Letter is Like Immortality by Maddie Malfoy, narrated by Facing the North Wind from hpfanfictalk.com, and the rating is T. Quidditch had been Adrian's favourite pastime since he was three years old. His parents had bought him the newest children's broom on the market for his third birthday, and he spent the rest of that evening zooming around their sitting room with glee. They doted on their only child, encouraging his interest in Quidditch as he grew in both age and size. Richard Pusey was a tall, broad man who worked with Gringotts Bank through his consulting firm, and had once been part of Slytherin's Quidditch team as a beater for his fifth and sixth years at Hogwarts. It was clear that as soon as Adrian entered Hogwarts and came home for the first winter holidays with pants several inches shorter than his shoes, that he was going to be just as large and skilled as his father. When tryouts were held during his first year, Adrian flew his hardest and did as much as he could to show the team captain that it would be worth it to take him on as a first year. The talent and ease Adrian had on a broom did not escape Captain Lucas Blackwood, and he was hesitant at first, but couldn't resist having a truly natural flyer on the team. Adrian wrote his parents as soon as Lucas posted the roster in the common room, disbelief behind every word. He was only a reserve player, but he took it with pride that he was still on the team as a first year. Adrian worked the hardest and longest out of anyone else on the team besides Lucas, who knew that most of the other members were on the team due to their parents' desire for them rather than an actual love of playing Quidditch, so the two boys bonded as chasers and as friends. While everyone else was off doing other frivolous activities, they'd be going over new routes and plays to try and practice later that week to improve their record. When Lucas left after Adrian's third year to be replaced as captain by Marcus Flint, Adrian knew it wouldn't be the same team anymore. The new brooms from Draco's father the previous year had been nice, but Draco hardly cared about practicing with the team, saying he'd had professional practice over the summer holidays, so he didn't need to come to practice with the team every week. To top it off, one of their new recruits to the team as Beta was a scrawny little first year named Adrian Tennant. Flint, therefore, made the fantastic decision to refer to them by their last names, but Pusey eventually got shortened to Puce, and was therefore used quite often as a rude jab towards Adrian on and off the Quidditch pitch well after the season ended. He didn't let the name-calling get to him, though. When Flint's successor Montague graduated, Adrian stepped up to the plate, and, and, as he was the only returning member worth a damn, Professor Snape made him team captain. The year prior had been the Triwizard Tournament, and Adrian had nearly blown a fuse when Professor Snape had told him that Quidditch was cancelled that year due to the requisition of the pitch for the tournament. In retrospect, he'd actually quite appreciated the break from both large exams and Quidditch matches during his sixth year. But now, as his last year at Hogwarts began, he finally had his chance to make Slytherin's Quidditch team better than ever, and he wasn't going to waste it. He held tryouts for all positions on the team, knowing he could potentially end up with six new teammates and have to truly build the team up, but he didn't care about that. The Quidditch Cup had gone to Gryffindor the last three years it had been held now, and all three of the other houses were itching to reclaim that title.
Adrian whipped his team right into shape at the beginning of term, holding practices three nights a week and on Sundays. When the season began, he led them to their first opening match victory in two years, and a huge party in the common room was held later that evening. There were little cakes and pastries strewn about one of the tables, with people dancing all around. Elation filled him as he got the recognition for getting the team ready and for leading them to victory. One of his fellow seventh-year girls even pecked him on the cheek with a job well done and a wink as she walked away, leaving him confused and very pink in the cheeks. Several weeks later at breakfast, Adrian was eating his usual toast and jam when the post came in and oddly dropped a letter square onto his other piece of toast, getting jam all over the envelope. He frowned, unsure of who this letter would be from, as he'd just received his mum's weekly letter the day before, nor was he expecting to hear from any professional Quidditch recruiters until at least after the winter holidays. Shrugging, he slid a finger under the seal and pulled out the folded parchment. "'Dear Adrian,' I know this is probably unexpected, but I just had to get it off my chest, what with the last Hogsmeade trip coming up soon before the Christmas holidays and all. You've been doing such a great job on the Quidditch pitch this season, and when you took that bludger to the chest during the match against Hufflepuff and continued playing, that was just amazing. So I guess this is my way of saying that I've got a crush on you and I'd like to spend some time with you during the next Hogsmeade weekend if you're willing. I hope I've not mucked it all up and if you don't feel the same way please just tell me my feelings won't be heard and we can move on past it and not do anything together during the visit to Hogsmeade. Lillian. Adrian didn't understand. He didn't get hit with a bludger during that match did he? Oh no it was Tennant that got hit. Bollocks he thought. What the hell was he supposed to do with this? Clearly it wasn't meant for him, but he also didn't know who Lillian was either. It wasn't one of the Slytherin sixth or seventh years, he knew that much for sure. He was at a loss of what to do. Did he reseal the letter and give it to Tennant? Did he try to find out who Lillian was and return the letter to her? He stuffed the letter back into the envelope and tucked it away into his robes, choosing to deal with it later. Vasey sat down from him at the Slytherin table just then and struck up a conversation about a new route he wanted to try at practice later that day, rescuing him from thinking about it any longer. They finished their breakfast still talking Quidditch and parted ways as Adrian headed to the library to do some studying and Vasey returned to the common room, one of the few able to actually study there without being distracted all of the time. And as Adrian climbed the stairs on the way to the library, he met Tennant in the corridor and had to prevent himself from saying anything about the letter he'd received. See you on the pitch in six hours, Tennant. I hope you've been practicing your manoeuvres, Adrian said, giving a one-finger salute as they passed. Tennant rolled his eyes and replied, Sure have, boss. Adrian nodded and continued to the library, feeling his heartbeat increase, knowing he had the letter intended for Tennant burning a hole in his pocket. He went to his usual table in the depths of the library near the biographical section and pulled out his charms homework. Professor Flitwick had assigned each of them a different complex charm to research and write 24 inches of parchment on the charm and the history behind it, as it was new level charms and he wanted them to learn more besides just the incantations of charms. The book Adrian was referencing was one of Professor Flitwick's own personal books, so Adrian was handling it carefully. He was researching a particularly difficult charm that would animate inanimate objects. His essay was mostly done, but he wanted to rework a section after finding an interesting detail about these types of charms in Flitwick's book. Taking out a new sheet of parchment, he began the arduous task of rewriting his essay with his notes and old draft for reference. Adrian didn't usually have to do rewrites, but he wanted to turn in an 
an excellent essay since Flitwick had lent him one of his personal books and felt obligated because of that loan. Approaching footsteps broke Adrian's concentration, nearly causing a catastrophe with his inkwell and his parchment. He glanced up to see a vaguely familiar seventh-year Ravenclaw girl head straight for him, determination and hope on her face. He cleared his throat as she stepped in front of his table, clearly on a mission. "'Can I help you?' he asked. "'I believe you can,' she replied, taking that as an invitation to set her things down and join him at the table. Adrian cleared some of his papers off to the side to give her room for her books, ever the proper gentleman. "'Unfortunately, I can't quite remember your name, and I'd just as well look stupid now rather than ten minutes into talking with you without ever once saying your name,' he admitted." She gave him a small smile and took out her own set of quill and ink. My name's Lillian. We don't really have any classes together besides transfiguration and charms, and I don't play Quidditch, so no harm done. His stomach dropped and he felt heat rising to his cheeks. Ah, good. I didn't want to offend you. Why was he speaking so formally to her? Surely she didn't know he'd received her letter instead of Tennant. Well... Then it's all settled, she smiled. I saw that Flitwick assigned us both similar charms, so I was actually hoping to see how you were coming along with your research, as I've seemed to hit a bit of a wall with mine. The relief at her purpose, being one of pure academics and not for matters of the heart, nearly overwhelmed Adrian. He shuffled some of his papers until he found the book Flitwick had given him, and handed it over to her, explaining the crux of what he'd found in the book and its use for him in his essay. They spent the next two hours debating back and forth about their charms and their uses and historical contexts. Simultaneous stomach rumblings caused them both to check the time and realise it was nearly the end of dinner. They gathered all their things up and chatted all the way to the great hall before parting ways to go to their respective house tables. When Adrian sat down at the Slytherin table, he was accosted by none other than Adrian Tennant. "'Bloody hell, Tennant, can't you let a bloke sit down before you attack him?' Adrian said. Tennant ignored that jab and asked, "'Why were you walking into the great hall with Lillian Turner?' Adrian gave him a pointed look and snarked back, "'What's it to you who I enter and exit the Great Hall with, Tennant? Got a crush or something?' He shut up after that and returned to his own dinner meal. Adrian scoffed in his general direction and selected his meal from the many available dishes in front of him. As he glanced around the Great Hall while eating, his eyes landed on Lillian, who quickly dropped her gaze to her plate when he caught her looking at him. Adrian shot her a smirk when she raised her vision again, teasing her. She rolled her eyes and turned to her fellow Ravenclaw next to her, striking up a conversation about something Adrian was sure he would have no knowledge of. Ravenclaws had some of the most specific weird knowledge out of all the different house members he knew. For some odd reason, though, he couldn't figure out how she knew where he studied in the library, nor why she'd approached him in the first place. After finishing his meal, he gathered up his fellow Quidditch teammates and led them down to the pitch for their scheduled evening practice. Tennant was definitely grumpier than usual, but was more than happy to show off his skills with the manoeuvres they'd learnt last week. Lying in his bed that night with the curtains drawn, Adrian fingered the letter lost in thought. He knew that now he'd talked with Lily and it would only serve to make things weirder to give Tennant his letter. Tennant would see Adrian's delivery of it as a joke or a service to Lillian, as a joke or a mean prank. He was well and truly stuck. Adrian sighed and shoved the letter into the drawer of his bedside table before turning over to sleep. 
Five days later, Adrian handed in his essay to Professor Flitwick right after Lillian, who blushed when he looked at her when she turned to return to her seat. Wait, did she just blush? What in the hell for? Adrian thought, extremely confused. Everyone sat back down and Professor Flitwick began the lesson, promptly stopping any ideas Adrian had about Lillian so he could focus on the new charm they were learning today. The letter was still burning a hole in his bedside table, and the longer he held on to it, the more he feared the repercussions of giving it to either Tennant or Lillian this late. He considered throwing it into the fire in his dormitory's hearth, but the possibility of it not burning fully in a semi-public fireplace rendered it a non-viable option, so it stayed in the drawer, tucked away under some other forgotten letters from his parents, weighing heavily on his conscience. Lillian found him once again in the library the following week, cramming for the quiz Professor McGonagall was having them do on the history behind several of the transfigurations they'd learned as first years as newt preparations. He was usually better about studying, but the Quidditch match against Hufflepuff had been unexpectedly brutal. He'd spent all of Sunday recovering from the bruised ribs he'd gotten from a bludger in an accidental crash into one of the Hufflepuff chasers. Nevertheless, his ribs were still tender and the hard wooden backs of the library chairs wasn't helping him out at all. The transfigurations were simple enough, but he'd forgotten most of the theory behind them back in second year when he'd taken up Quidditch for Slytherin as a regular player. Adrian had even kept a part of his table clear for her, hoping against reason that she'd want to study with him again. He knew he was a Slytherin through and through, but his mother had been a hatstall between Slytherin and Ravenclaw, and he definitely felt he got more of his mother's academic inclinations, no matter his skill on the Quidditch pitch. Adrian also couldn't resist the temptation of unravelling a mystery, even one so simple as working out Lillian's apparent crush on Tennant. His goals were twofold then, when she appeared, learn all of his terms again, and figure this Ravenclaw girl out without being obvious about it. His father's skills at wordplay would come in handy tonight, and Adrian could only hope he'd be good enough at it to extract the information he wanted. The Hogsmeade visit weekend was less than two weeks away, but Lillian seemed less than concerned about it. "'Hey, Adrian. How are you doing?' Lillian asked politely, setting her things down. I saw you got hit pretty hard on Saturday in the match. He smiled and said, Well, I bruised most of my ribs, so I'm doing all right, thanks. How are you? She dug her transfiguration textbook out of her bag before replying, I'm fine, just a bit flustered with all of the things we've got due this week. It's madness. Adrian chuckled. And that is why I'm not taking all of those classes you are, Lillian. I'm coasting by this week, and I can figure out my plans for Hogsmeade instead. Lillian's eyes went wide at his mention of Hogsmeade, and she quietly responded, Right. I forgot Hogsmeade was next weekend already. Well, if you don't have any plans, I'd happily spend some time with you at Scrivenshafts. I'm trying to find the right quill and inkpot set for my mum for Christmas, but I think I need another woman's opinion so I don't get my mum something absolutely awful. I'm also not about to owl her asking what kind she wants, because she'd just send back something tricky and unhelpful, bless her. Adrian said, a twinkle in his eye, as he glanced at Lillian. She blushed, tucking a piece of loose hair behind her ear. I would like that rather a lot, Adrian, thank you. She shuffled a few papers around before meeting his eyes again. You know, I was actually rather brash a couple of weeks ago, and I asked someone to go to Hogsmeade with me, but I'm afraid they've given no response. Adrian's heart rate shot up as he feigned curiosity, even though he knew all about said letter, which is... Quite unfortunate, because they're rather easy on the eyes, too, if you know what I mean.
she said, winking at him. Did she just wink at me? Bloody hell. Adrian cleared his throat to buy time for a response, but he still didn't have one. Blast it all. She was teasing him. Well, two could play that game. Oh, I do. A fair few of my fellow former Quidditch teammates that went professional for the Hollyhead Harpies were definitely nice to look at, but only when they weren't hurling a ball at me at high speed. She laughed at that, her shoulders visibly relaxing. I didn't realise how easy you'd be to talk to, considering you're all about Quidditch and winning for Slytherin. It's nice to know there's brains behind the brawn I see on the Quidditch pitch. Was she bloody flirting with me? What's she playing at, trying to beat me at my own game? Adrian let out a chuckle at that and lifted his arms as if to say, well, you got me there. So, who is this mystery bloke you asked to Hogsmeade? Adrian asked bluntly. Lillian shifted in her seat. Well, he's a Quidditch player, not in my house though, I can't stand them regularly, but when they win they become positively insufferable. But um, yeah, he didn't even say anything to me about getting the letter, so now I'm thinking he never got it in the first place, and it's, it's all for the better. Are you going to make me guess every single non-Ravenclaw Quidditch player that's a bloke, or will you just tell me? I'm not going to lord it over you or anything, I'm just nosy, as a Slytherin is wont to be, Adrian said cheekily. Fair enough, but I think I'll just let you stew on it instead and take me to Hogsmeade yourself like you said you would a few minutes ago, Lillian responded, a flush in her cheeks. Adrian put his hands together. It's settled then. Lillian, would you care to accompany me to the Hogsmeade trip next weekend as friend? She smiled widely. I'd be delighted to, Adrian. They studied in companionable silence for another hour before she rose to leave and turn in for the night. Before she left, she leant in close to Adrian's face and said, For the record, you can go ahead and burn the letter. Lillian straightened up and sauntered away, throwing one glance back at Adrian sitting there, mouth open and dumbfounded, then turned out of his sight. He ran a hand through his hair, completely in disbelief at her outslithering him so well and so completely he hadn't even seen it coming. Adrian looked after her, a smile slowly forming. Lillian Turner was a wily Ravenclaw, and Adrian Pusey was more than a match for that.'